listening to Entertainment Landfill. Film, television, pop culture. It's where you find it. Welcome back to Nowhere in Mulberry. Nowhere in Mulberry Time Machine, if you will. It is me again, Jason, and Bill. Hey, Bill, how's it going? Hey, and, excellent. Uh, I don't know what order people will listen to these shows in, but uh, today we're going to 1984. Let's try June 8, 1984. I would have been f- five. I was born in September 79, so I wouldn't have been... Yeah, it would have been five. I do remember seeing Gremlins in the theater. Uh, no, not not me. Not me. I didn't see Gremlins in the theater. I uh, was way though, too young for yeah. that. That's the I thing think... we'll talk about with this movie, Bill. It's like, how? what age is this movie aimed at, you know? <laughs> yeah, honestly, the first uh, half, I can understand being young and seeing it, but then when it starts, that do you hear what I hear is the... Uh, the, the point where it's like, okay, anybody under 10 should leave the yeah, room. Get, it, get all the kids out of here. Because I, I remember seeing it, and uh, I had the Gremlins Collector's Magazine, just like I had a Goonies Collector's Magazine. Bill. Where the hell did you get these marvelous things? You would just go to the grocery store in the magazine aisle next to the Teen Beats and stuff. They would have a movie magazine. Nice. It's like a collector's thing, and usually it had the little gatefold pullout of the movie poster. See, know? I don't even... I guess I'm too young to remember those. I oh, I, cool. I never had that. The picture was of Billy holding the box, and like you could see something peeking out. It was Gizmo's hand. Oh, yeah, the movie poster. It's yeah. a great poster. But you couldn't see the... I don't believe in the fold-out was the gremlin sticking out. It was almost like... It's almost like they didn't reveal what they look like until the movie had come out for a while, and then they changed the poster. You know what I mean? At first, okay, it yeah. was a mysterious box, and you had to go see the movie to see what these things looked like. But then after it was a hit, you know, you you put it out. Hey, let's show everybody what they look like now, you know? But it, yeah, well, it's such a great reveal in the movie that yeah, it is. it's, it's almost a disappointment to just throw it out there. And it's really cool. Like, I mean, I don't remember specifics of product tie-in, like... I'll have to look on YouTube to see if there was, like, McDonald's commercials or something. There's something special for your kids at Hardee's. With any sandwich, fries, and soft drink, get a Gremlin storybook and record for 99 cents or less plus tax. Collect all five of these read-along stories about Gizmo and his friends. Was, was there like gremlins going yum yum <laughs> yeah happy meal 
caca. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> Gizmo caca. <laughs> but the thing is, Gremlins, it was, there's something about it that it was scary at the same time. Because even now, I think there's scenes that are really effective in being, like, kind of creepy. You know what I mean? I will say up front, this was not one of my favorite movies as a kid. Because it, it scared the shit out of me. Right. I did I, not like it because I, I could watch the opening of it, but I knew what was coming. Yeah. And it just, it scared me. I don't think I, I warmed up to the movie until my late teens, honestly. Probably like 15, 16 years old whenever I started to kind of become more of a film geek and go back into Joe Dante's yeah. catalog and kind of uh, experience how much of a film geek he was. Oh, yeah, huge. And I honestly have to say, just as a sidebar, I think him being as big a film geek as he was kind of prevented his uh, success in a way. You think there was too 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 much too much? Yeah, he always has these references or in his movies background elements that if you know them, you know you'll spot them. You know, it just it feels like who's he making the movie for? He. He, I think he's making it for himself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's why I don't think he has had nearly the success that a lot of people expected him to have, especially right. coming off of the Gremlins. What I like in movies especially is things that you uh, are, are movies that uh, do things that you can't do in real life and um, uh, show you things that you can't see just by walking out in the street. And there have been a lot of great movies that uh, show you real life as it is lived and should be lived. But um, my favorite kind of movies are the ones that show you things that you really can't see anywhere but in the movies. And this picture, believe me, you'll never see any of this stuff except in the movies. Definitely, like, if you watch Gremlins or Explorers or even the Twilight Zone thing he did, mm -hmm. you get that sense. You I, Even in the sound effects, you hear those old Warner Brothers cartoon sound yep. effects. Kind of like Tasmanian Devil sounds and mm -hmm. different things like that. Uh, and I think that's cool. You get that in there. Uh, Absolutely. Also, Inner Space, he did that, and that had a ton of them. And that really was one silly. of my favorite movies as a kid because I thought it was just so cool. Martin Short yeah. was just such a relatable kind of goofy guy. And I would say after, I guess, The Burbs, which I love that movie too, I kind of lost touch with Joe Dante. He did have Gremlins too, but I'm going to say that was one sequel that was made way too late. There are people I know of that love Gremlins too, uh -huh. but you are right. It's a, and it's so much lighter in tone. Well, the problem I have with Gremlins too, if we, we if everyone will just uh, take a backseat for a second, uh, Gremlins. That's what we're here to talk about. But let me just yeah. mention this about Gremlins too. What bothers me about Gremlins too is there's no storyline. No, there isn't. There's none at all. The movie, I mean, you could say that about Gremlins to a point where things just kind of go crazy, but there's a nice build-up and things kind of go crazy, and it happens in a natural way that feels okay. And Gremlins 2, I feel like they're just making everything up as they go along in that movie. Yeah, let's uh, let's let them loose in a in a yeah, skyscraper. Also, I believe they didn't get the same guy to do the gremlins. Like, Chris Wallace does the incredible gremlins effects in the first movie. Mm -hmm. This picture is by far the most ambitious thing I've ever worked on. Uh, in that, the characters we've had to create for this picture are active through the entire picture and do an awful lot of stuff. Here in Gremlins, it's uh, 
all, every other shot is a gremlin doing something. And I don't think he came back for Gremlins 2 because there's something different about him that bothers me. I don't know. It's not Wasn't it Rick Baker in Gremlins 2? Maybe it is. It's someone who's accomplished. Yeah, I'm almost positive it's Rick Baker because he was a producer on it. It's just something about Gremlins 2 just doesn't work for me. It's really cool to see the old characters come back, but... I don't like it. Don't don't <laughs> even the Futtermans come back? Yeah, the and they were are... they were killed by a freaking snowplow. Yeah, supposedly, but uh, I even supposedly. read that you can hear in the background on the TV that they'll go to interview Futterman. Oh, okay. So they survive somehow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I was just never a real big fan of that. Matinee, he did that movie. That's really good. John Goodman one, right? Right, yeah, he did the he would do the movies, the interactive in the theater and stuff. I just remember okay. Mant. Yes, Mant. <laughs> uh, Joe Dante, I like him a lot. The movies that I can remember. Let's go back to Gremlins. Yeah, uh, let's let's steer the back on the path. The movie starts. They got the great Hoyt Axton uh, narration. Let me introduce myself. Peltzer's the name. Rand Peltzer. That's me there on the corner. I'm an inventor, and I have a story to tell. Yeah, I know. Who hadn't got a story? Well, nobody's got a story like this one. Nobody. I still think the beginning of the movie is a little awkward compared to the rest. Well, it's very awkward because they cut the beginning out. Right. It's totally... If you go and watch the deleted scenes on the DVD, you'll see that it was much longer. Yeah, and he visits another store. and I'm looking for a present for my teenage son for Christmas. Ah. No, what I want is something like a gadget. You know, he likes mechanical things. You know, a doohickey, like like a gizmo. You know, a gizmo. 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 Hey, mister, I got something unusual. Something different. Come here. With the Chinese lady. I don't even think that wasn't necessary. It's okay they cut that out. But I think it's kind of awkward, the narration. You know, it is, well, Hoyt Axton, <laughs> it just, yeah, I mean, he's not the best actor, honestly. The narration just feels kind of stilted. What it feels like to me is they finish the movie and they're like, how do we get this beginning started and just get it going? And I guess they do. They tell I you think my you biggest need. problem with it is you can suspend disbelief. It's freaking gremlins, uh-huh. but it just looks too much like a back lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so... Backlotty. Uh, well, this is um, Chinatown. Uh, well, it's not really Chinatown. It's, it's Burbank. Chinatown in Burbank. Uh, and this is the first scene in Gremlins. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got it's the introduction of the the store where Gizmo lives, or the Mogwai in the box. Mogwai. But what I want to know is that guy keep the Mogwai in the box like all the time. Like, did no. he get to come out? Well, I think play? we kind of find that out near the at the end of the film that they've got quite a con- connection. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. Stuff. So the little shit kid just sells uh, the Mogwai out from under his grandfather for two hundred. Well, two hundred dollars. Wouldn't you charge at least a five thousand for something like that? Exotic a, pet. An exotic living creature. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to give you a hundred dollars here. That's one hundred dollars. Okay, two hundred. And it's like, whoa, big spender. Rand Peltzer, he's a, an inventor. Rand Peltzer. Fantastic ideas for a fantastic world. I make the illogical logical. The bathroom buddy. The bathroom buddy. It's the invention of the century, friends. It eliminates the, the need to carry heavy luggage and things when you travel. And you got yourself your shaving mirror. 
You got yourself your toothbrush. You got yourself a toothpick. You got toenail clippers. You got not nail file. You got yourself a dental mirror. <laughs> the bathroom buddy. It immediately made me think of Data from Goonies, another kind of bad inventor, right? And it, in case you got yourself a bad case of dragon breath. You got yourself a bad case of dragon breath. Bad breath. Right. And then you hear that that gong. Yeah, what it's is that? It's so about? inappropriate. What? That's so weird. That gong, and you see the dragon right there. It's kind of like, okay, the, what kind of movie is this? Yeah. I'm not sure yet. Okay. And maybe that's a hint that this movie's going to go a little off the rails later on. <laughs> off <laughs> the rails? We're going to cue any sound effect we want later on in this movie. I guess it's it's uh, maybe it's kind of the hey we're kind of a self-aware film. Mm-hmm. When they introduce Kingston Falls, I do like the opening titles with the song classic. That's one of my favorite Christmas songs. Yeah, I love the the whole opening. They show Kingston Falls, the town, yeah, and you it's got funny. Rockin' Ricky Rialto. And after wa- watching Gremlins again, after all this time, I you and I, when we both watched it, we got the same feeling. Like this looks a lot like where uh, <laughs> Marty McFly lives, <laughs> but it's the winter Hill Valley, right? Yeah, it, Hill Valley, and it. I think the thing that kind of tipped me off was as he's come running into town. He comes up past the the theater, and the theater's at the end of the street. Yeah, just like and Hill it, Valley. Yeah, and I was just like, wait a second, this feels strange. <laughs> Much like Hill like, Valley. It's yeah, it was like deja vu. And so I had to look it up, and of course it's filmed in the same set, and it was Universal Studios. I wonder I why I never picked up on that before. I know, it's, it's almost like there's a shot that's the same as Back to the Future. It's like the same shot or something, and it's like... Yeah, it's that crane shot. Yeah, it instantly clicks in your head. And for some reason, maybe because I, I'm a fan of Gremlins, but I have not watched this movie a lot of times. No, neither have I. I have, uh, like I said, as I was a kid, I was scared shitless of it. So I can probably count on both hands how many time I, how many times I've watched Gremlins. Right. I probably watched it in the theater. I probably watched it on cable as a kid. I probably watched it on VHS and DVD. I probably watched it like six times in my life, maybe five or six times. But I've always been a fan of it. Yeah. You know, so I. When you see a shot like that, it's like, whoa. It's almost like you watching it with kind of new eyes in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, I never would have paid attention to that dragon gong before. But this time it's like, okay, that was awkward. <laughs> yeah, you just pick up things as you right. age. I guess as a kid, you're just more open to things. <laughs> and as, yeah. as an adult, you just become more critical or you have a more critical eye. Yeah, when I saw Kingston Falls, the first thing I think it also is, hey, it's like the town of Mulberry, like, you know, the small town kind of vibe. Kind of cool. Yeah, small these, town center, everyone knows each other. These store uh, businesses. You got the guy selling the Christmas trees with his son dressed up as a Christmas tree. You got the sheriff trying to bum a tree off of <laughs> yeah, him. trying to get a free tree. Well, what do you say, Alex? Come on, you can spare one for the boys down at Sheriff Station. I paid for mine, Frank. One thing that's interesting about this movie, and I swear to God I never picked up on this before or didn't pay attention, but everyone's miserable because they're out of work. Yes. But, I I just... And again, I didn't, I never picked up on that, but I knew everyone was kind of down and out. Yeah. It seemed like a kind of a, a, a town going through a depression. You know, the Mrs. Deagle stuff with people afraid to talk to her, but then talking to her. I, I don't, I guess it just never clicked with me. Yeah, I knew she was mean because 
first one, Billy's trying to start his VW, and they introduce Mr. Futterman. He's like, goddamn foreign cars. <laughs> yeah, he's, Futterman, that's the, his big thing is, and then he's like, yeah, you see my plow, it's a Kentucky Harvester. Goddamn foreign cars, they always freeze up on you. You don't find American machinery doing that. Our stuff can take anything. See that plow? 15 years old. Hasn't given me a day's trouble in 15 years. You know why? Kentucky Harvester. They ain't some farm piece of crap you pick up these days. That's a Kentucky Harvester. Hmm. That thing has never broken down on me once. Because <laughs> it's made in America. Yeah. So he's definitely racist. And he's yeah, a well, Trump. Yeah, and I, I think, is it implied that he served in World War II? Yeah, just like in WW2. W2. And, yeah, by the way... God damn foreign cars. Dick Miller, I think he's in every Joe Dante movie. I always know him as the guy from Terminator. You can't do that. Wrong. Yeah. You know, but because I, I love that actor, Dick Miller, he's great. So when uh, Billy arrives at the bank, you see there's that part where Mrs. Deagle comes up and they play that music, that... Dun, 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 dun. That music is so gratingly annoying <laughs> that it... It like sets it up perfectly for this this sourpuss old bitch. Yeah, and played by Polly Holiday from uh, Alice. Yeah, I mean it's so strange seeing Flo. Yeah. Mel, would you like to do something for me? Yeah, what? Kiss my grits. <laughs> the character that everyone loved now as the character everyone hates. When they introduce her, this lady's like, Mrs. Deagle. Mrs. Deagle? What? 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 I just wanted to let you know that Joe got himself a job. My husband, Joe Harris, and I've taken up some sewing on the side. Mrs. Harris, what are you trying to tell me? I'm afraid that neither one of us will be paid for two weeks. Couldn't you get Mr. Corbin to, well, to just give us a little more time? Mrs. Harris, the bank and I have the same purpose in life, to make money, not to support a lot of... Deadbeats. And the little kids even go, Mommy, I'm hungry. And she goes, I'm hungry too. And it's like, oh my God. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry too. Yeah, it's, it's like right out of uh, A Christmas Carol. And you know, when that opening scene where they show Kingston Falls also, there's a blatant uh, product endorsement there. Did you catch it? Okay, blatant product endorsement. I'm trying to think. All I can... <laughs> All I can think is Rockin' Ricky Rialto. Yeah. Hey, it's Rockin' Ricky. So they pan across. It's all these businesses, mom and pop places, but right in the center of it Montgomery all. Montgomery Ward. No, Burger King. Oh, yeah, you're right. There's I a... noticed that. And I was like, what the hell? And it's even in an old storefront. Yeah. I thought it was kind of weird. And like... that old Burger King sign with the, like, round letters. Yeah, it, like inside the hamburger or whatever. So yeah. I was like, okay, there's a blatant advertisement there. All right. Well, at least they made their choice yeah. doing this movie. But what's great about that scene is, you know, you, we, we introduce Billy. He's late to work again, and he brings his dog to work, which is kind of weird. I always wondered it, why he traveled with his dog. By the way, that dog is a great actor. He has great facial expressions, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, especially for... You just don't get that often with uh, dogs in films. A lot of times it falls flat. Because I love it, he's he's basically stays right there next to Billy at his uh, at his feet, and he's tied up there. When Mrs. Deagle's saying, "I want your dog," Barney, give him to me. I'll take him to the kennel. 
they'll put him to sleep. It'll be quick and painless compared to what I could do to him. And it's funny when she goes, Maybe I'll put him in my spin dryer on high heat. You know, she's talking about killing him. And it's so funny, the guy behind him, he goes, That'd do it all right. He says it in a way like, Wow, you are a terrible person. I'm like, yeah, that'll do it. And what I love is when they show the dog. What is this dog's name? I can't remember. Bernie. When he unties himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am so out of here. But then whenever she starts threatening him, he attacks her. Like, he can totally understand that she wants to put him in a dryer. Yeah, totally. So he's not afraid of her. I love how she's like, Oh, I have a very weak heart. I can't stand a shot like that. And you totally expect Billy to get fired, but he's not. I can't remember. Do they introduce Phoebe Cates? He at least says hi to her at that point, doesn't he? Yeah, well, uh, yeah. She, he does say hi to her, but it's not a um, a full introduction. I think we almost get more Gerald than we do. What's funny is now upon watching this, you get an idea of how much baggage she has, and she's a little nuts. Which is great. We get the foreshadowing when Billy gets home is of the sword always falling when you walk in the door. Billy, is that you? Yeah, Mom, it's me. Yeah, I like that because it's so obvious. Oh, I guess, wait, before he goes home, though, he goes to the bar. He hangs out at a bar and he draws or whatever. There's a great part where Judge Reinhold comes to talk to him about what a loser he is. And he's like, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30 or something. Yeah, he's like, oh, when he retires, I'll be taking over the bank. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, okay. There's this great line that always cracked me up where he starts hitting on Phoebe Cates, and he goes, I got my own apartment. Hey, Kate, you haven't seen my new apartment. I haven't seen your old apartment. Come on, we're talking cable. <laughs> it's like, oh. MTV. They establish also that Billy is an artist, and he's drawing like a picture of Mrs. Deagle as a dragon. And he's a good artist. Yeah, he's a really good comic book artist because uh, in the deleted scenes, you'll also see that he had his own comic he was doing called Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter, yeah. So you almost think that him with the sword and the gremlins, kind of like a little tie in there. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so a little foreshadowing or something there, but they cut it out. But that would have been cool. I would have thrown that in there. Maybe There's a couple scenes in the deleted scenes I'm surprised they cut out, but... It expands more on the story of the town. Yeah, I really think that they did it for time, not that it wasn't any good. Unlike yeah. with something like Goonies, where you're like, oh yeah, cut that out. This was kind of yeah. like, why did they cut this out? And then you realize it's because they didn't want the movie to be that long. Well, it takes an hour to get to what everybody's waiting for. Right. So, yeah, I can understand why they did. Because they've got, you know, Billy, he shows up, and his mom is there. We see that they're very nice family. You automatically know that they totally just put up with their dad's invention. With the... I wouldn't be able to. The mom is such a sweetheart. Right. And so and she, you can see that she's sad and she's yeah and worried. And remember, she goes, "Can you help me with the eggs?" And he's like, "Okay." And he kind of looks at that machine and he's like, "You know, he's thinking I could just." do this my own, but I'll go ahead and use Dad's machine. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt this one time. And there's this great line where the mom says, Dad's inventions. Dad's machines, they work so well the first couple of weeks. And, and when they fail, they fail catastrophically. Yeah, they're kind of putting up with uh, Rand's dreams, but you know that they just wish he'd grow up a little. Well, and it can't last long. Right. You know, you think like traveling salesman not bringing in any money on his 
there's a certain depth to the depression of this family. <laughs> right. And it's like when he shows up and you hear the sword fall foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's got the present. The mom says, how did it go? And he goes, yeah, the miracle company, the people who have the kitchen companion, they just might be interested in the bathroom, buddy. Oh, great. But, you know, it's not going to pan yeah, out. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, she's just like, oh, okay. But she probably doesn't believe a word of it either. It's no. funny how there's just this underlying sadness in this movie. Yeah, it, it really is. Oh, yeah, that's another thing Judge Reinhold says. So they're like, man, you're practically supporting your old family with this job. And so Billy is actually supporting them yeah. with his bank job. When you think about that, can you imagine doing that, having to support your father? Your father thinks he's an inventor. Yeah. You know, and although he may have good ideas, he he's not a creator. Yeah, you don't have the heart to tell him. Like some of they show different inventions of his throughout the movie, and some of them are pretty hilarious. You know, we've got the bathroom buddy. We've got the egg thing that's supposed to, like, a chicken head comes down. Yeah, chicken to... head comes down. It reminds me of the, um, like, that, that drinking chicken thing. <laughs> yeah. But it violently shoots down. <laughs> and slams, and all the eggs just fall out of it. And then we also get the juicer. Yeah. And that weird phone thing. I'm not even sure what that does. You answer the phone on your walkie-talkie or something. Yeah, yeah. Even... But we get introduced to Gizmo, and he's so adorable, isn't he? Yeah, he sounds like Howie Mandel. Yeah, he does sound just like him. He sounds like Bobby from Bobby's World. <laughs> he does. That's what's so funny is years later, he uses the same voice for another character. Yeah, but I still think Gizmo is adorable the way that he looks. Oh, absolutely. Looks. It's so funny, though, upon watching the movie again, how when he goes, I've got to tell you a few things. You know, there's some things I forgot to tell you guys, and they're really important. Number one, he hates bright lights. We know that. But you've got to keep him out of the sunlight. Sunlight will kill him. Number two, keep him away from water. Don't give him any water to drink. And whatever you do, don't give him a bath. And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight. Uh, Billy just kind of goes, okay. And he oh, doesn't okay. like go, what? Or anything. It's just like, okay. Yeah, there's no questioning it. Yeah. One thing that's cool also about Gizmo is that you see there's no malice in him at all. He's like this sweet creature, and he's adorable, and he sings with the keyboard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're forgetting that before he tells him the rules, the mom tries to take a picture. Oh, yeah. And that's what prompts the rules. Yeah. You can get a picture taken. Smile. Ready? One, two, three. No, no. There's always some kind of flash of light or something that it gets him like, oh! A couple of times there's some kind of light thing when he shows Gizmo what he looks like in the mirror. And he falls in the you trash You keep can. waiting. The tension that is built with each situation, It's you just know something's going to happen. He's playing the song on the keyboard. Gizmo corrects him. And then he's like, he puts the little Santa hat on him and he's like, Oh, wait, you want to see yourself? I mean, it flashes him with the the mirror and then takes him in the bathroom. Yeah, and now watching the movie, when that scene happens and he falls and he cuts his head, I'm like, you haven't even had him 24 hours. Exactly. He's got a cut on his head. Yeah. You've barely even had Gizmo and you've already heard him, dude. What the hell? It's like there's no way anybody could ever own a Mogwai. <laughs> no. You'd have to keep them, like, in some kind of containment area where they our, could never our get Our country out. would be riddled with gremlins. Right. 
One of our favorite actors, Bill Corey Feldman, shows up, huh? Feld. After and this had to be one of his first roles because he's young. The moment where uh, Pete shows up and he's friends with Billy and he admires his Hooded Menace comic. Wow, Hooded Menace. That's your number one. Pretty neat, huh? Yeah. And he meets Gizmo. When they accidentally knock the water over on Gizmo and he, the uh, little fur balls come little out. Little tribbles. They turn into those. It's funny when you first get the idea that something's off at these because Stripe takes a bite at uh, Pete's finger. He's like, yeah, yeah. So really, they're less threatening fur balls, but they're mean. You know. I was kind of wondering, like, is Gizmo only the way he is because of his ancient Chinese guy that had him? Like, maybe he just raised him to be nice? I don't know, or he's... Yeah, like, are Mogwai, in, like, actually evil creatures? Because as soon as they're born, they're really mischievous. Yeah. Like, instantly. And that scene always kind of uh, makes me sad for Pete, because he immediately is deflated, and he is not interested anymore <laughs> when it almost bites his finger. Hey, look, at that one's got a cute little stripe on its head. Isn't that incredible, Pete? Yeah, right. I mean, don't you think this is... It's incredible. Oh, isn't he? I'm serious. He's like, yeah, whatever. Okay. He just doesn't want to have anything to do with them anymore. Poor little guy, huh? I wouldn't either, son of a bitch. It's like little bastards. Let's go stick him out in the sunlight. After they, like, given birth to... Yeah. Um, Billy even asks, like, what's what's wrong, Gizmo? Yeah, he has this look like, oh, like, oh, God, kind of a... Like, is he spent from that happening, or does he know this is not good? Has he experienced it before? I almost get the feeling of that now, like, this is how it begins. Yeah. You know, like, oh, crap. Even later on, you know, you see he's separate from them. He doesn't want to have anything to do with them. Yeah. They're all playing their little video games. And it's funny, when he goes to talk to his dad, his dad's working on his new version of the uh, bathroom buddy that has. Yes, the, uh, it's got a razor. Yeah, now it's got. Say you. Now let's say you're late for the big meeting. It's really important. You're on your way in. You reach up. You forgot to shave. Now what are you gonna do? Under normal circumstances, you are in trouble. But not if you have the bathroom buddy. Right? What's this? Voila. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, that's pretty neat. What's this button on? Oh, no, no, don't push that. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Well, it's okay. <laughs> he's like, yeah, Dad. I love how he's like this important news, but his dad won't let him talk. Dude. Well, it's not even that he won't let him talk. It's that he humors his dad. It's like he loves his dad so much that he just lets him finish. Yeah. Like, anything that he has to say is less important than humoring his father. <laughs> when his dad sees the, the Mogwais, his immediate thing is like, everyone should have one of these. We could make millions. <laughs> what does he call them? The, uh, the Peltzer Pet? Yeah. <laughs> he always wants to put his name on everything. And that's what I think is funny. Like, the juicer has Peltzer on it. Like, he's made these mock-ups where it's uh, something you can get for your kitchen. My favorite, though, is this hammer. It goes... Yeah, like that has any force whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a hydraulic hammer, and he also has that 
spinning fly swatter. <laughs> what cracks me up, though, is that that hammer became a reality 10, 20, well, 20 years later. Like, have you seen that instant hammer from, like, no. Craftsman? Sears and Craftsman are changing the way America hammers. Announcing the Craftsman Next Tech Hammerhead 12-volt auto hammer. Now you can hammer fast, easy, accurately, every time. The auto hammer's innovative internal hammering mechanism delivers 3,600 impacts per minute. You press a trigger instead of swinging a hammer. No, I yeah, there's, like, a hammer that you, it's this electronic hammer that you can use in a tight spot and it drives the nail in without you needing to, like, bang on it. Nice. So okay. somebody saw that and went, you know what, that's actually a pretty good idea. They just did a better uh, implementation of it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, like, kill you if you try to use it. So after all these gremlins and stuff, there's another scene at the bar where they have the Mr. Futterman's drunken gremlins rant, which I thought was funny. He's talking about WW2, the gremlins. They put the gremlins in the machinery and they drive you nuts. And you gotta watch out for the foreigners because they plant gremlins in their machinery. That's the same gremlins brought down our planes in the big one. That's right. World War Two. Good old WWII. I think even as a kid, we've all seen that Bugs Bunny cartoon, haven't we? Where the gremlin is in the airplane. I don't think I ever did. You've never seen that? He, I have like, never seen that. They probably have it on YouTube. You should watch it where okay. uh, basically Bugs Bunny's on an airplane and there's this little gremlin wreaking havoc. And he's like this little mouse looking guy, but he's got airplane wings for ears. It's really weird. <laughs> hey, get a load of this, folks. It says here, a constant menace to pilots are the gremlins who wreck planes with their diabolical sabotage. <laughs> Gremlins. <laughs> oh, murder. <laughs> Gremlins. <laughs> what a fairy tale. <laughs> what I th always thought was funny about that cartoon is Bugs Bunny is always getting the drop on everybody. You know, he's got the, he's a smart ass and he's confident and he always outsmarts everyone. In that, the gremlin always outsmarts Bugs Bunny. Really? Yeah. It's. it's I'm going to have to watch that. I had, I'd never seen it. Yeah, the gremlin's a little shit, basically. So it's interesting when um, Futterman kind of talks about it. I think my only exposure to gremlins at the time was that cartoon. A gremlin. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't know about it, but I guess apparently they talked about Japanese having putting gremlins in your airplanes and stuff. Oh, that makes sense. Mr. Futterman's got a lot of demons. That's why he it. doesn't like foreigners. Yeah. Goddamn foreign cars. And what's funny is Billy has a nice, you know, he's like, you're so nice to him. And she's like, well, he lost his job like everyone else. He's sad. And they walk home and he starts talking about Christmas time. Like, I thought everyone was supposed to be happy. She goes... People people aren't happy in holidays. I always thought everyone was happy during the holidays, no matter what. Well, most people are, but some aren't. Well, everybody else is opening up their presents. They're opening up their wrists. <laughs> Cheery thought. It's true. The suicide rate's always the highest around the holidays. She's, like, got some dark uh, things she has to say there. Yeah, she's like, people say, if you don't like... Thanksgiving, they don't give you a hard time. If you don't like Christmas, they jump on your case. And that's foreshadowing to later on when she tells, like, the greatest Christmas story ever, right? Yeah, I mean, holy shit. 
what I like about this movie is, you know, they don't give a lot of time to characterization, but they give that little bit there. And I do think it's interesting, the little bit we get, at least. Yeah, I think there was more there. Okay, Billy, he's really going nowhere. He's supporting his whole family. He really is kind of a dreamer like his dad. He wants to be an artist, but he sees his dad as a big loser. He never says that, but I almost get the idea of that. Absolutely. They're, uh, the mom and Billy are putting up with their dad's horrible hobby that he thinks can... He goes out on the road. He leaves his family on Christmas just so... What is it? Some kind of, like, invention contest? Yeah, it's an invention... Col- uh, yeah, I invention. thought it was, like, a convention. Yeah, he leaves his family on Christmas for that. And apparently Robbie the Robot's an inventor. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And the You see the time machine in the background? <laughs> I didn't notice. Oh, that's... A, if you go in that scene where the dad is on the phone, there's a guy sitting in the time machine in the background. Oh, man. And, and then it cuts away to the wife. When it cuts back, he's gone, and people are looking around like, where did he go? And there's like kind of like a smoke coming up. So the guy actually... I totally missed that. Oh, you got to go back and watch that. Just watch the background. The guy travels through time in the background. That's hilarious. He's sitting in the time machine. Machine, then the next scene, he's completely gone. There's people like, where did he go? It's really I guess my funny. eyes were so on the uh, the guy riding the weird tricycle yeah. in, in the foreground oh, that I just you, did, wasn't paying attention to the background. And you know who that is who rides by in front of the screen, right? No. That's Steven Spielberg. Jesus. <laughs> I wasn't even... <laughs> if you watch that again, Steven Spielberg's on that bike and he rides right like, in front of the screen. Like, who's the hippie? Yeah, Spielberg. <laughs> It's so funny. Oh, and also they have references to uh, E.T. several times in the movie. Yeah, I know Stripe hides behind E.T. at one point. But also on the movie marquee it says, Watch the Skies and This Boy's Life. Yeah, Boy's Life. Wasn't that the working title for E.T.? Yeah, both alternate titles. Which, by the way, in hindsight, I mean, I know it is E.T., but it seems like really weak titles. (laughs) Yeah, those are. Oh, you know what? Another moment that I always think is cool is when the... uh, Mogwai's and Stripe, he's playing that little Miss Pac-Man machine. Or is it yeah, the, the Coleco, the Mr. Arcade thing. Hey, that's Hogger. Yeah, it's the official tabletop version of the arcade game. He plays the same. Where'd you get it? Mr. Arcade is here. Galaxian, it's mine. Pac-Man. You want to take it home? Yeah. My own Pac-Man. Mr. Arcade? Could you? Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong? The official tabletop version. Frogger, Donkey Kong, and Midway's Pac-Man and Galaxian. The arcade games you can take home with you from Coleco. I loved those when I was a kid. I wanted one so bad. I had a friend who had one, but I didn't. And really, they were kind of lame. They were very lame because they were that, um, they weren't even LCD. They were that backlit. Yeah, like, kind of like the football games. Yeah, exactly. But there was something about the because it was shaped like an arcade game. I wanted one. Yeah, know? my friend had a Pac-Man one. It was it was terrible, and it was the little tiny joystick was all it just didn't feel right. Up, yeah, <laughs> I would kill to have them. I'm jealous every time I watch an angry video game nerd video, and he has all of them behind him. That's just the adult me that can now afford that, so they would he would want it. <laughs> yeah, I always just think it's cool that they're having a blast playing that, you know. Yeah, they're all. It, it's kind of like in an arcade, like how all the guys would hang around the <laughs> yeah. the one friend playing the game. The, again, they establish that there's something not right with these, and they're kind of mean. Doesn't Stripe even spit at Gizmo? He's like he spits the craziest, yuckiest, like 
nastiest yellow viscous fluid at Gizmo. <laughs> Gizmo's sitting next to Barney and he just kind of looks up like, what the hell? <laughs> like, ugh. They basically trick Billy into feeding him after midnight with the clock. But yeah, I, he discovers that they ate through the plug or pulled it out of the socket. Or Yeah. Oh, I can't forget about this. I love when they show Gizmo. He's watching that racing movie. He takes a certain kind of guy. And that guy needs a certain kind of dame. He, I guess oh, he, yeah, with Clark Gable. Yeah, and then later on he's watching uh, Bo- Invasion of the Body Snatchers. There's a scene where it's after Billy feeds the Mogwai and they show the closest of the meat and the chicken really fast. They're like, I'm not that like, like real close ups of their mouths. I love yeah. that. Movie. It's so gross. And- hey, you guys are really hungry. It's so gross. It, it, they eat like pigs and they've got like the slobber and the. Oh. If they rigged it where they would eat after midnight, it's not just because they're hungry. It's like they know they can become a more powerful creature, maybe? I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I think you're right. But what's so cute about that scene is Gizmo is really sleepy, but he can't keep from watching the TV. That's like the way the animation is done on his face. He's looking at the TV, and he's scared out of his mind, and at the same time sleepy. It's like somehow they did all of that in his face, and I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's really well done. He's like... You know, that ending to uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers always freaked me out. I think it's the night before when uh, poor Barney goes missing and he hears him yelping and he's been strung up in lights. Yeah, the one that does it is like giggling. Yeah, like smiling in his sleep or going to sleep. I guess, is it Stripe who does it? Or he at least thinks it's funny. It's so night, well, maybe, I don't know, it's so dark there that I I couldn't tell if it was Stripe or not. Oh, and it's so creepy, there's one point where he he goes, (laughs) Conspiring, you know? Yeah, they are. Well, that's whenever whenever they uh, start doing the yum-yum. Yum-yum. And he goes to get them the food in the moment. He goes to get them the food. They start that conspiring. I love that. As soon as he walks out of the room, they get quiet and they just watch him. They, like, follow him as he goes out the door, like, just looking at him. I almost think it would have been great. I want the scene where Gizmo's looking at them and Stripe just turns and looks at him. You know, that would have been really creepy, wouldn't it? Like That would have been. Like, you know it's, you know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> And they just hate Gizmo for some reason. What's a problem? Uh, you know, every kid has a problem with their parent. And then, you know, we get the the alien egg scene in the, in the morning. Oh, those things are so gross. Yeah, they did a great job of making them look gross. Oh, and we can't forget that Billy took one of the Mogwai, or he took Gizmo and then put water on him to the professor at the school. Was that Gizmo he took? I think so. That was Giz. Because I felt bad because... uh wasn't he yeah, weak enough? <laughs> not only, yeah, not only did I feel, I was like, what is he doing? He knows what happens. And he knows Like, that, why would you put him through that again? I know. Come on, Billy. Billy doesn't seem to you, think much. Or... It's like he has multiple Mogwai at home. Why not just take them? Yeah, take Stripe or something, you know? But I do think it's cute when the other Mogwai is outside the box and they're tapping on it together, like, oh, do, 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 do. They can yeah, hear each Mogwai? other. Mogwai? And then they have the, the professor who uh, takes his blood and everything. And I guess that Mogwai held it against him when he did that. I would have, too. That <laughs> is just kind of out of the out of the ordinary. 
I mean, this guy doesn't know what the vein system is in a mogwai, so he's just sticking that thing in a muscle and pulling blood out. I'd, I'd be pissed. He has the eggs of, I guess, they're in the pupil stage. Remember that? Yes, they're, in the, they're go- undergoing a metamorphosis. Yeah, and Pete's there, too. Would you say this was called a putrid stage? Pupil. Pupil stage. Like a butterfly. Yeah, right. Right, this is a cocoon, and inside, he's going through changes. Lots of changes. Like my mother. Oh, no. No, that's different. This is called a metamorphosis. It's a change in form and in appearance. There's this incredible creature. I know it's just a movie, but there's this incredible creature, the gremlin. I mean, the mogwai. People are always like, oh, wow, that's really cool. But they don't like, oh, my God, what is that thing? You know, <laughs> nobody ever freaks out and like, holy shit. I got I've never seen anything like that. Is it a monkey? Let's call the news or something. I don't know about you, but if I woke up and saw those alien eggs in my room, I'd freak out and move them immediately with a uh, shovel. Yeah, I would probably immediately get a, a flamethrower. I'd get but, a shovel, stick them in a wheelbarrow or something, yeah. take them outside and... Bury them. Bury them, yeah. I would definitely not keep them in my room and go to school. Uh, yeah, it'd be like, oh, so that's what happens whenever you do that. They die and turn into gross eggs. Okay. Yeah. The one hatches at school during this old film, science film about the heart, mm-hmm. and the way they do that, the heart on the projector on the screen, and it's like boom, 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 and then they pan, it, the camera like goes inside the box as that cuts to Billy's room, and they're hatching, and there's, and poor little Gizmo is hiding in that motorcycle helmet, like going, ah. he's shaking like yeah. crazy. Here's Mr. Bird's heart. Small animals lose heat faster than large ones. So their blood must circulate faster to keep their bodies warm. Now in small birds, their hearts beat about 600 times per minute. Cats, 130. Man, about 75. And a big old elephant's heart, only 25 a minute. Hey, Doco, you got a human heart? Has he got a human heart? Wait till you see this. Roll 10. I think that whole, I don't know what would you call it, a sequence, I guess, is really effective. I think it's really well done. Well, it is, because it's just like, you're just as frightened, you know the shit's hitting the fan. And when you see it for the first time, you don't know what the hell is going to happen. They're like, what are these things? And I would almost say at this moment, you're not sure how dark the movie's going to get yet. Yeah, you have no clue, because at this point, it's just the professor trying to lure the gremlin out with a candy bar. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's just afraid. It's who knows how ugly it is. I read the novelization of Gremlins when I was a kid. You, you know, and those novelizations. Yeah, I got it at the grocery store. And I remember Billy tells Pete to tell the professor, remember, never feed him after midnight. The next chapter it was only two words, and it was like chapter 15, Pete forgot. And then the next page was chapter 16, you know. And I always thought that was cool how it's like, one chapter can just be those two words? Wow. That's kind of 
cooler than uh, him just leaving a sandwich yeah, within reach of the... You almost get the feeling that not only did they not tell him about that feat after midnight, or he just didn't care, he was too tired. I don't know. We'll never know in the movie. Well, I think he thought, well, I got it in this bird cage. I don't think it'll yeah. grab my sandwich. But why didn't he take his sandwich with him? I know. And he's I guess his... Pete forgot. He took his chips, though. Yeah, he did. Those... I'm sorry, buddy, but I'm going to take my chips. But it was nice of the guy. It's like all of a sudden he's Billy D. Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. It was really nice of him to uh, get uh, a candy bar. That is creepy. In I wonder a movie, if it was a baby Ruth. In a movie, whenever somebody sticks their hand somewhere and you're not sure yeah, what's you... in there. <laughs> and he's like, hey, yo, take the candy bar. Hey, you're not still angry about that little blood test, are you? Come on out, take a bite, let me see you. Hmm? I just want to... I just want to see it. Here. Here, you go. You try some of this now. I know you've got to be hungry. Hmm? Hey. Yeah, now. Don't you feel better, huh? Holy shit, he's biting his hand off! And then when Billy shows up, he's got the hypodermic needle in his butt. What I always wondered there was, was he dead? Was okay, he? we don't see how... The death was, I mean, a hypodermic in your ass isn't going to kill you. The movie does a great job of never showing us the consequences a lot of times of what exactly happens to these people. We assume they die, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I assume Mrs. Deagle is dead. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, when you, you get launched that, out the window, we, yeah. You assume the Futtermans are, but you can't be sure they cut away, so. They cut the most gruesome reveal out with the uh, bank manager. Because in that one, you actually see him impaled on his um, nameplate. It looks like his head is smashed with a clock or something. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. So they're definitely killing people. So maybe it bit his hand off or his fingers. I don't know. And he's bleeding to death. I don't know. It did maybe something he put some head. chemical in the syringe and injected it. Or an air bubble, and it went right to his heart. Did oh, you ever, no! When, an did embolism. you ever hear that when you were a kid? Like, yeah, if you get a needle and you just inject air, it sends an air bubble to your heart, you die. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, man. Maybe. I remember I would hear that, and every time I'd get a shot for some of something, I'd be like, is there an air bubble in there? Yeah. <laughs> air bubble! So when so Billy shows up and he finds the professor dead, I love how, okay, they show the gremlin, he goes into, like, an air duct, and it never makes any sense, but it's hilarious when he goes to, he's been scratched on the hand, and he goes to the first aid room, and the gremlin pops out of the cabinet. Like, how did he get there? That's you know? one hell of a reveal, though. That's the first we ever see of it. Yeah, and it's like, whoa, what the hell? That thing is ugly. <laughs> and I love how they establish how fast it is, because it jumps down, and you hear a crash, and he's made a hole right in the door, like in the grating. Yeah. Well, what? and he even made the the hole in that the ventilation whenever he right. escapes the classroom. Their claws are supposedly really sharp, as we yeah. know that. And I love whenever they have the pitter patter of their feet, like that. Oh, like the nails on the hard surface. Yeah, he calls his mom to tell her to get out. And maybe this is another ET reference that I forgot about. But when the gremlin pulls the phone cable, does he go phone home? Yes, Billy, are you okay? Where are you? On the hatch. Get out of the house. Mom? Mom? Yeah, I think you're right. Because uh, I'm like, what's with all the E.T. references in this movie? It's kind of like E.T. with teeth. 
behind Kiss Mini just oh, kissing no. Spielberg's ass. Yeah, it's like Joe Donnie's like, hey, man, this is my first big studio thing. I'm going to kiss this guy's ass. I'm going <laughs> to put him in a cameo in the movie. <laughs> this is the first time I really kind of noticed it, but the mom all of a sudden looks like Ripley from Alien. <laughs> all I know is this, the mom kicks ass. What? Yeah, I mean, how did she keep her composure? Whenever they do, you know how sometimes they do lists of, like, uh, most badass women in cinema? They need to include the mom from Gremlins in this, because uh, she takes three of them out really fast. Well, it seems like maybe all of her pent-up rage and sadness is unleashed upon the, you, okay, the Gremlins. You know when they do the, do you hear what I hear? Can never hear that song the same way again. It's so cool how she goes down and then she takes the music off and they put it back on. But when she sees the one gremlin, you know, you have the reveal. He's like eating the cookies. But then yum, he, yum. And then he smells her and he kind of stops and he sniffs in the air. And when he goes back and climbs inside the... She turns it on and all you see the... Green, like a but like a food processor? Yeah, and the green blood is going everywhere. I love that. And then the other one's throwing plates, and she uses the tray as a shield. But I love how she's got a butcher knife, and she yes. basically just runs. She goes up to it and stabs it to death. Get out of my <laughs> And he's yeah. like, the, you see the gremlins even like, ah! You know, she's just like stabbing it to death. And she's got a lot of anger, too, doesn't she? Yeah, a ton of it. First of all, that scene, I'm like, oh, man. And then they top that. Yeah, with oh, my eye. Yeah. The greatest scene ever, the gremlin in the microwave. She sprays it in the face with, like, an oven cleaner and then <laughs> puts it in the microwave and turns it on. And I love how she just sits there watching it, and he's kind of like, ah, It just goes all over the front. Splatters. Is that not like the coolest effect ever? Oh, yeah. It's gross as hell. But when you're first watching this movie and you see that scene and it's kind of scary all of a sudden and now it's gross and it's just like, holy shit, what have I gotten myself into? But then she goes super hardcore and dual wields the knives. Yeah, she grabs a nothing like that. She kind of looks back and you're like, whoa, she just took out three of them just like they're nothing. She's totally going to kick some ass now. Except she goes for the stocking, which has a robot in it, which I'm pretty sure I had one of those when I was a kid. The yeah, the one, legs. It, the legs spin around or the body spins around. Yeah, useless, annoying toy, right? Yeah. Well, I always wanted the one, and you see it at some point during the final showdown in Montgomery Ward, where it like it's like a silver one, and it kind of breathes like a smoke. Can't forget about my one of my favorite scenes also because it's so mean is when they're throwing darts at Gizmo. <laughs> yeah, what? Poor Gizmo is just tortured. You know, by the end of it, once the, the Chinese guy shows up, he's just like, ugh, get me out of this craziness. Like, even Billy, who loves him, still manages to hurt him. So he's a yeah. fragile little guy. And then, you know, we've got all the sword things in the movie up until now, where it keeps falling whenever you walk yeah. in the door. So when Billy comes home and he's got the gremlin on his mom's back... He well, the gremlin's... This is probably one of the scariest reveals... 
whenever I first saw it was the the glowing red eyes uh-huh. in the Christmas tree, and then it starts strangling her. Yeah, and it's already scratched up her face, like got yeah. three claw scratches there. Spike is in Gizmo's box laughing. You know, I never noticed that until today when I rewatch it, that he's hiding in Gizmo's box. Yeah. And he kind of, like, is watching like he's getting being entertained by it all. It's like he really doesn't care that all his brothers, his, you know, accomplices are just getting taken out one by one. He'd rather just sit in the box and giggle. Yeah, I think he's like, uh, I'll make more. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love when Billy chops his head off and you hear it. Several times in the movie, there's a weird cat yelping sound, like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the the head is in the fireplace, like, <laughs> it's like it's melting and screaming and just disgusting. He sees Stripe, and Stripe bursts out the window. You hear that again. I think everybody who's seen this movie thinks the same thing: is that wait, snow? It's water. You know, is that going to turn? Holy out? shit, you're right. But if they have any any type of body heat, yeah, but the I, moment that shit melts, yeah. I was oh, actually yeah. thinking this, like if I stick put my hand in snow and hold it, just a few seconds it'll turn and start turning into water. But I'm no, thinking okay, it's just a slight plot hole. The gremlins are cold-blooded in the snow just stay snow around them. That's yeah. that's got to be what it is cuz they that, yeah, oh yeah. They lo- do look reptilian, don't they? They do, but still, if you're cold-blooded in the cold, that kind of would probably shut your body down. Right. So I guess we should analyze this. (laughs) But I do love that scene at the YMCA. Yeah, of all the places to go, the moment you see that him and Barney are coming up on the Kingston Falls YMCA, you're just like, oh, shit. Yeah, you think indoor pool. Yep. I love that scene where he does the little jump. Is he holding his nose when he goes in the water, too? I, think. I didn't notice. I think Stripe's holding his nose as he goes in the water, and it starts bubbling, and you're like, oh, shit. And I believe you hear the... <laughs> Whatever. And the way it starts bubbling and fizzing and foaming. And, and that cool animation they do on the walls of millions of gremlins or something. It's like cool shadows and stuff. Yeah, it's like red and green shadows and... And I love that Billy's just like, I'm getting the hell out of here. I love that he goes straight to the cops, but since it's Christmas, they're getting sauced. Little monsters. Right. Hundreds of them. Well, I'm not sure. Maybe thousands. Wow. <laughs> Look, I know it sounds crazy. I know it does. But in a matter of hours, this town is going to be turned into a major disaster area. Now you have got to warn people. You think this kid is drunk, Brent? No, you are, huh? <laughs> I am not drunk. Tell me something, Billy. Listen up. Where do these little uh, uh, gremlins come from, huh? All right. My father gave me one as a present. A present? Did your father always give you... Uh, Vicious little monsters for a present? No, no, they don't start out vicious at first. Oh, of course not. They don't. They look like this. Could you dim the lights in here, please? (laughs) Are they sauced or are they just assholes? Oh, they're doing some drinking. I know that. Well, and I know the one guy is the guy that plays someone bad and everything. Yeah, he's a guy from uh, Beverly Hills Cop. You know, Billy's trying to tell them all about the gremlins or whatever, and, you know, they're mogwai, but they're, they don't start out mean and all this, and he goes, Ah, be careful, Frank, you might tear your arm off. <laughs> you want me to put the cuffs on him? 
He's just being a sarcastic asshole. While Billy's there at the police station trying to warn them that hell's about to break loose, poor Mr. Futterman and his sweet wife. Isn't his wife sweet? Just such a sweetheart. Putting up with this drunken uh, husband who all he does is... Racist asshole. <laughs> blaming her for the TV messing up. But there's that great line where the TV starts messing up. He goes, Goddamn foreign TV. Oh, no. I told you we should have got a Zenith. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. I think that's all I uh, that my family ever owned was Zenith TV, Zenith and Panasonic. Or Curtis Mathis, whatever happened to those? Oh yeah, Curtis Mathis. We used to go there to rent videos. Yeah, VHS. My uncle used to do that too. I'd go with him. We'd pick out movies. Curtis Mathis. They always had the worst selection though. <laughs> yeah. I remember we went there and rented Risky Business. Nice. And then as I was watching it, I don't think I'm supposed to be watching this movie. <laughs> That's... He wasn't the creepy uncle, was he? <laughs> no. <laughs> Scary uncle. Uh-huh. He's one of those uncles that just let us watch whatever he wanted. So All right. That was always good. So when uh, the tractor goes after Mr. Futterman, what's funny is it's played for laughs. They have the great Gremlins music for the first time. That... Yeah, the first time. Full... And it's full blast. And what's weird is I've always listened closely, and it sounds like Mr. Futterman says, there's a real gremlin in my cab, but it sounds like it does. I'm not sure if it's his wife or another gremlin says it at the same time. There's a real gremlin in my cab. Like it gets real high. There's a real gremlin in my cab. (laughs) It sounds weird. Have you ever noticed that? No, I just noticed him saying it. Listen closely at that scene. It sounds like somebody else is saying at the same time as him. And his wife is even going, you're crazy, but there's a friggin' snowplow right there in front of her. Why is she telling you? Ready to plow them both into a wall. And I don't know if they're dead or not, because they live for the other movie, but you see a sudden jolt as the gremlins driving it like they slam into him, don't they? Yeah, well, I guess now that I think about it, they right after that, they... You know, there's the shot of the gremlins causing havoc all over town, and then they go to the uh, police station, and this chief takes the phone call and then goes, the Futterman's had a snowplow accident. So I guess that's saying that they're still alive if you have an accident. The great Mrs. Deagle scene where she's got all of her cats. Yeah, she's an, she's one of the annoying, lonely cat ladies. And I think one of them's named Dollar Bill. <laughs> yeah, I knew one's Kopeck or something, but apparently they're all named after money. Okay. Is what I read. I didn't catch on to that, but I knew what, you know, when you see the one named Dollar Bill, it's funny. And they're all fighting. And I always think of Dollar Bill the dog from Richie Rich. <laughs> yeah. But you see, she's a, just a sad cat lady. Yeah. In this giant house. And Lonely and evil. I think it's funny when she hears caroling, the first thing she thinks is to throw water on them. Those carolers are back. <laughs> and know? isn't that from a, a scene that was deleted? Yeah, there is a deleted scene where... They show carolers, and then Stripe kind of sticks his head up from the snow and sees them. And, like, he sees what they're doing. It's almost like that's where he gets the idea or something. Okay. Because that's this is when the movie starts getting a little crazy, because all of a sudden the gremlins have little outfits on. They have earmuffs and hats, <laughs> and they have mittens on, and they have even books to read, you know, the songs. You know what? They must have taken them off of the carolers. Yeah, that's, how, that's where they had got them, because when you watch the movie now, it's just like, okay. Okay, where do they get all these outfits? But no, that's beside the point. We don't need to know that, right? No. 
Because it's not is, important. They're gremlins. Because it's funny when she opens the door and they're all going, nah, nah, nah. You know, yeah. they're, not, they're not even singing anything. No. She's like, oh, what are they? What are they? And eventually it turns into the gremlin theme. They showed one working on one of those weird chair things. I only The chairlift. The chairlift. I only see those in movies. I've never actually seen one, but it lifts I was going to get one for my dad. The, so they really make those. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, for anybody that can't get around that well. But I've never seen one. I only ever see them in movies on those huge staircases. Right, those big kind of like Yeah, like huge curves. winding staircases. You know, if there was one, of the, I would totally use that, even if I wouldn't have to. I, yeah, I, I think I would have to. <laughs> It'd be fun. Even if I could go down the stairs on my own faster. Uh-huh. I mean, come on. it's a, You've got an indoor slow roller coaster. But that's why I love that when the uh, it launches her out the window, <laughs> it always focuses on that picture of that that black and white picture of a guy smiling, and I always and staring at her yeah. because his eyes are shifted. And I never understood who that was or a reference to somebody, but it's some old actor, and I don't get what the joke is, but I've always wondered. Maybe you should tweet Joe Dante. But when she flies overhead over the cops, and they're like. My God, Fry, that was Mrs. Deagle. And he's got the gremlins all over him, Santa. Jesus, Frank, that's Dave Myers. He does Santa every year. <laughs> and I love the other cop goes, What's that all over him? He goes, Get him out of here. Get him out. What the hell is he doing now? <laughs> gremlin on his back, like, at the window. I always thought the Mrs. Deagle shot kind of reminded me of the shot from Wizard of Oz whenever the house lands on the witch and her. Dude, I totally, out. I, I'm right there with you. I get a Wizard of Oz feeling there, like a Wicked Witch kind of, and I guess she is kind of a Wicked Witch, but just something about the way she's in the chair and launched out, it reminds me of the Wizard of Oz for some reason. Yeah. And the other thing is, it's such a sad, well, I hate to say satisfying death, as she's running away from him before she gets in the chair, she's like, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm yeah. not ready yet. <laughs> yeah. She's like clenching her chest. Yeah. I'm not ready. It's She's like, really she, she had a horrific death. Yeah, she did. She was based, if she wasn't scared to death before the impact. <laughs> yeah. And another thing is like she was terrorizing the entire town before yeah. the gremlins. Yeah. Well, and we find out later in the uh, deleted scenes that she's the reason why people are losing their jobs. And that they're for closing on houses. Kingston Falls, right? I've been there. No, look at the places in red. Yeah? Those are homes of people who are out of work. Most of them lost their jobs because Mrs. Deagle closed down the factory. They can't afford to make their house payments, so Mrs. Deagle's taking advantage of that. What do you mean? She's forcing the bank to foreclose on all of their mortgages. Because oh, she wow. wants to, like, plow the town over and put a chemical company in there. That's right. She closed down the noodle factory. Yeah. Because Mr. Futterman's wife is like... 
you know, when the noodle factory comes back, and he goes, honey. Uh, Murray, did you hear from the noodle factory? Sheila, the noodle factory is not going to reopen. Ever? Mrs. Deagle closed it down for good. I guess that's the end of my career in noodles. There's more to life than macaroni. It's like, I don't know what, he probably drove a forklift or something, but she sh- she pretty much single-handedly ruined the town. Yeah. One of my favorite things in the movie is the uh, return of Rockin' Ricky on the radio. You're on with Rockin' Ricky, go! Hi, Rockin' Ricky. My name's Pete. There's these little green guys with big teeth running around town, Ricky. Hey, kid, this is Christmas, not Halloween. Listen, gang, Rockin' Ricky's getting fed up with all this Orson Welles crap, so cool it, will ya? What's that? Kitty, what's that back there? Some of Rockin' Ricky fans in? Hey, you're not Rockin' Ricky fans! <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious. Yeah, and there's a point where he comes back at the end. He's like, I'm not getting chased out of town. <laughs> yeah, Rockin' Ricky, he survived the night. Hey, gang, it's been a rough night for Rockin' Ricky, but he's still on the air. But in his Indiana Jones garb. Yeah, I love that. It's the same uh, R, the same kind of like burn hue or something on yeah. the letters, the same font. But we get the um, the whole bar scene. Which is just so batshit insane. It really is. And I there, and there's so many references that I had no idea what half of them were. It's like insanity. Just completely insanity. And you know, I didn't even... You know, there's a flash dance sequence. Yes, there is. And I didn't even realize, you know, they do a spoof of the Maniac song. But on the end credits, Michael Cimbello did the Gremlins song he did he spooked his own song basically Maniac, yeah yeah which i thought was funny i had no idea <laughs> the thing that confused me about the most about that scene is uh uh stripes friend is like, is it a female gremlin? <laughs> She's a, it's got lipstick on and a wig. Yeah, or is it a gremlin in drag? It's, I think it's a gremlin in drag. They're just yeah, insane. because like, they're not. I don't think they're sexual creatures because they don't spawn right in that way. So they're just insane, I guess. There's the weird, like, cool cat sitting there with a cigarette and yes, uh, the the lonely yeah. <laughs> And it's like this bluesy music, and all of a sudden this puppet's like, Get boop, boop, beep. I was trying to figure out if that was a reference to something. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I was just like, this makes no sense. I love that he's just sitting there looking at it, and then he pulls out a mallet and hits it over the head. And uh, Stripe shoots one of the gremlins for cheating. Right, you just blast him. Uh, I don't know where they got that tiny revolver from. <laughs> yeah, and they all have props now in the movie, which is funny. Yeah. Like, remember the one he's got... He flashes Phoebe Cates. He's like, ah, and he pulls his trench coat open, and they're all smoking cigarettes, drinking beer. 
having a great time. Getting super drunk. In the magazine I had, the old Gremlins movie magazine, I think they made a list of everyone come up with ideas of what they should be doing, and they pick the best ones. Because they are, like, all different random gremlins are doing different things and acting crazy. Well, and it tops it off as once she finally tries to make her escape with the um, the camera, uh-huh. she starts flashing with the bright light. Just as she's going out the door, some a thug gremlin, a gremlin in a ski mask, ski mask and, a, and a pistol. Yeah. And I was just like, what? I felt like I was going mad. I've always laughed at the one that's on the fan. She turns it on high, and he's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and they show a gremlin watching him and kind of going back and forth with his head, and then he goes, whoa. <laughs> flies off into the <laughs> the beer sign or whatever, but I always laugh at the gremlin kind of going back and forth watching him like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's really funny. It's so crazy. Just the movie's gone totally off the rails at this point where it's like... Yeah, at this point, it's like, you don't know if it could get any crazier. Yeah, it's just insane fun. I like that they just were doing whatever idea they could think of. And you gotta think, this movie is really fast-paced. Like, the way everything's just happening and going crazy. And when uh, Billy shows up and he saves Phoebe Cates, right, as she's about to get killed. Uh (laughs) Shot by a grim. Shot by a thug. I love that you can see in a window a shadow upstairs of, like, a gremlin on someone's back as they're, like, jumping around and stuff. It's really cool how they have people in different spots in the shot, like, being attacked by gremlins. I I didn't notice that. Yeah, you, there's so much I didn't notice. There's so much going on. Yeah, there really it, is. It's your you, you miss things in the background. It's really like like if you look upstairs, it's only in silhouette, but there you can see a person has a gremlin on his back because you see the ears, and they're kind of like trying to get it off of him. And that's so cool. It's really cool. And uh, this is where Billy's damn foreign car fails on him. Goddamn foreign cars. The bank scene, I think, is really interesting because it, it, everything dies down for a bit there, you know? Mm-hmm. And they, there's a lot of intercutting between Billy and then it goes back to his dad, which I think is kind of weird in a way when I watch it now. Like, why do they keep cutting back to the dad? Because well, it's, and it's, and it's that scene, isn't he still in the, um, the convention and he's sitting in the booth and Robbie the robot's talking to someone making a deal. Yeah, he's like on the phone and I believe it's references to Forbidden Planet. Pardon me, sir. Stuff. Thick and heavy. Would 60 gallons be sufficient? I rarely use it myself, sir. It promotes rust. It is funny because you see the phone is like sticking to his bubble. You know? <laughs> the dome, yeah. Yeah. And then later on, they have the weird scene where he goes to a gas station. Why does he have the dog with him? Why? Yeah, we're, that's never explained. He takes Barney with him. Billy, I'm going to take Barney to your grandmother's. Oh, so take him there on the way to the convention. Christmas Eve, I'll pick him up on the way home. He'll be here for Christmas. It's going to be all right. You know, maybe- oh, uh, because um, they thought it was what's-her-name who strung Deagle. up Barney. Yeah, they thought Mrs. Deagle was trying to kill him, so maybe it'd be good if he took him with him. That's what yeah. it is. But it, it is kind of never weird. explained. Yeah, it isn't. We just have to put that together ourselves. Yeah. And it's like, sir, I couldn't help but notice you're a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the guy's got all these mountain of butts on his, <laughs> you know, his, uh, his ashtray, and he's like, yeah. 
<laughs> but I maybe have something you may be interested in. I'd say I noticed that you're a smoker here. Mm -hmm. I see the cigarettes. I noticed here this uh, broken ashtray. Oh, yeah. Well, it's very fortunate that I happen to come by right now. Let me introduce myself. My name is Randall Peltzer. I'm an inventor. Fantastic ideas for a fantastic world. I make theological logical, and I have something here that I think you might be interested in. Oh? Yes, sir, I do. This is... The Peltzer Smokeless Ashtray. Mm. I think this can solve your problem, here, sir. Mm. The Peltzer Smokeless Ashtray. <laughs> and as he's leaving, he's like, oh, don't worry about the smoke. Yeah, I love when he's leaving, the guy's like, oh. <laughs> it's like all smoke just pouring out of it. Don't worry about that smoke. Stop. It's guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't you it's worry. actually this the ashtray's creating more smoke. <laughs> yeah, it's just like billowing out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like gonna kill the guy rapidly. <laughs> it's so funny. The only thing that could have made that better is if the guy threw the ashtray at <laughs> yeah, him. But he like keeps it. Yeah. <laughs> and then they come back to that joke later at the end of the movie, which is funny. When Phoebe Kate starts talking about why she hates Christmas and this horrible story of her dad dressing up as Santa and wanting to surprise him by climbing down the chimney. It was Christmas Eve. I was nine years old. Me and Mom were, were decorating the tree, waiting for Dad to come home from work. A couple hours went by. Dad wasn't home. Mom called the office. No answer. Christmas Day came and went, and still nothing. Police began a search. Four or five days went by. Neither one of us could eat or sleep. Everything was falling apart. It was snowing outside. The house was freezing, so I went to try to light up the fire. And that's when I noticed the smell. The firemen came and broke through the chimney top. And me and Mom were expecting them to pull out a dead cat or a bird. And instead, they pulled out my father. He was dressed in a Santa Claus suit. And I love she goes, and that's why I hate Christmas. But Gizmo has a great reaction. She goes, it was my dad. And he was, Gizmo goes like, oh. Yeah, Gizmo's shocked. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's that's like, the most horrible story i've ever heard <laughs> i love that gizmo can understand english yeah that's so funny because they make a big joke out of that in the sequel do you remember that in gremlins 2 like yeah i do i do she she hates lincoln's birthday or something <laughs> like, something horrible happened on lincoln's birthday. please what's wrong oh don't mention lincoln something terrible happened to me when you were on lincoln's birthday i was six or seven and I remember I had the day off from school, and Mom had let me go to the park. She made me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was going through that peanut butter and jelly sandwich phase. And this man with his honey, beard um, and a hat looked just like Abe Lincoln. Honey, I really don't think we've got for this now, you know? He, I remember, come oh, on. God, he said, hello, little girl. Honey, come on. Something all bad happens on every holiday for her. Right. In the deleted scenes, they show the fate of Judge Reinhold's character. He goes batshit insane in a vault. Right, he won't come out of the vault, and the, the bank manager's been killed, 
He's been stabbed with his own nameplate, and a clock has been dropped on his head. Yeah, it's kind of gruesome, and I can understand if they cut that out, but I get, I guess it's not necessary, but I did no. wonder what happened to his character. Who's there? You're extremely late for work. Captain Clippon. Kate. Gerald, are you all right? Did you see? They got Mr. Corbin. They almost got me, but I outsmarted them. I locked myself in here. Where are the keys to the vault? So I can get you out. Get out? Why would I want to get out? You think, well, now that Mr. Corbin's gone and I'm vice president, I'm going to make you junior vice president and you head teller. Bad chance. You think you can come waltzing in here at any time of the day or night without an appointment? You've got to make an appointment with me now. Do you understand that? You've never understood the meaning of business. I've got bank exam in the morning. He's better off in there. We'll come back from later. Sure, and uh, I'm sure they cut out the part of that scene just to hold the rating. Because didn't it get a PG rating, and then there was a whole big controversy over it? Yeah, I've even heard that, well, this is one of the movies that sparked PG-13. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was several movies. They, they were just pushing the boundaries, you know? I think it, it also involved Temple Doom. Right, yeah, because that gets pretty gruesome, too. Like, you're like, hey, should kids be watching this? Uh, when, uh, again, another movie that scared the living shit out of me as a kid. Um, <laughs> yeah. Lola Ram ripping hearts out of people's chests. I mean, I kind of like that they were pushing the envelope there, but, yeah, they did probably disturb many a child. Like, I do love the whole Snow White sequence in the, uh, just the batshit Another batshit insane, bat shit insane uh, <laughs> is part of the film, yeah. Because if you look through the crowd, you see all these random uh, different uh, gremlins, some with... I love the one with popcorn bags on his ears. Yeah, there's one, it's a silhouette shot from the back of the theater, and one has Mickey Mouse ears on. Right. There's a couple that have the popcorn bucket on their head. Yeah, with the eyes cut out. <laughs> yeah, that that's hilarious. That's my favorite. Yeah, and later because on, once they once they're discovered, uh, once the real four of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs yeah. ends, they and they see the uh Billy and Kate through the screen, and uh, they start chasing them. There's a couple of them that have the buckets on their heads. Yeah, I love that too. By the way, the animation of them coming towards the screen of yeah. all thousands of gremlins coming or hundreds—I don't even know how many there are. Really, there's a lot of them. No, oh, we're totally. The skip in the, uh, that Gizmo starts singing along also. Yeah, I love, she goes, what are they doing? They're watching Snow White. What are they doing? They're watching Snow White. And they love it. Stripe gets up and leaves. <laughs> As he leaves, the one crippling goes, Milk Duds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you tell it, tell it, uh, Stripe to go get Milk Duds. He goes across the street to get more candy. He's like, yum, yum. The seven dwarves are going, hi, ho. I love the one gremlin, the close-up. He goes, hi, ho. It's like so creepy, but it's, it's awesome. It's so strange and hilarious. 
It really is. It makes me wonder if this was totally scripted or if they had a basic script and just let Joe Dante go insane. It's like they were just coming up with as many gags as they could. Because I suppose they had to do all of this after. Uh-huh. You know, they sh- they probably shot the actors and any scenes they had to with the animatronics. Right. And then after they did the principal photography, they probably went and just went absolutely insane shooting these scenes with the gremlins. Yeah, the movie scene. Because even when, you know, Billy comes up with the idea of going to the boiler and letting gas loose and setting it on fire, when the place is blowing up, there's a quick cut of a gremlin. He looks like he has a chainsaw, right? And he has got like a doctor's mask. Yeah. And he's like going, ah, like that. And it's so funny. It's just like a really quick, and you're like, what the hell was that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently, you know, they they like to put on a show when they go to the the cinema. They love uh, their little costumes and stuff. And I mean, it's only slightly disturbing that he just blew up the theater with all of the gremlins inside of it. It's actually a good idea. You got rid of Excellent idea. But unfortunately, Stripe had gotten in the store. And you know what? The movie... Stripe was stealing candy in Montgomery Ward. <laughs> what's kind of sad about that scene when they all blow up is how quickly the gremlins came and went in a way. The, all the insanity. They had the bar sequence and then this, and then it's over. And now It it's... does feel, now that you're saying that, it does feel a little quick in like, well, how are we going to wrap this up? Yeah. There's so many of them. They can't kill them individually. Well, let's just, you know... Blow them all up at Let's once. do the Xenu thing and put all of them in a theater. Yeah. <laughs> he just... Billy just audited them. <laughs> you, you've been audited. There's some, a brutality to the whole Stripe thing in the... Is it a Woolworths or something? Yeah, it's Montgomery Ward, yeah. Montgomery Ward. When he gets shot with, like, the baseball, or is that, like, a tennis ball or something? I think No, a that's a baseball, because that sucker comes out and hits hard. Yeah. Right into his back, and then you're like, damn. And then he gets shot with a friggin' crossbow in the a, arm. A mini crossbow. Yeah, it's like, right into his arm, and Stripe is trying to kill Sh- Bill. Yeah, Stripe wants to kill him. He's trying to murder Billy, because then he goes for a face shot, but he picks up the boombox. What I think is funny is, really, Gizmo has had nothing to do in the movie up until now, really. No, this is Gizmo's... um, There's a lot of scenes where he's in the backpack with pencils and paper, you know? This is the scene that became kind of the iconic image of Gizmo. Right, in the pink uh, Barbie Corvette. The Barbie dream car. (laughs) Yeah. And I always thought, like, wait... The Barbie dream car wasn't motorized. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a one-seater either. Why is the steering wheel in the middle? Uh, yeah, where the hell <laughs> where the hell did he get a motorized dream car? We're, we're not supposed to think about that. But it's no, cool no. how, like, when he's driving, he's imagining back to that movie. Like, he hears the voiceover. Something about being a man. with Yeah, a free diesel. spirit or something. <laughs> It's a really good line how he's... And like, it makes those sounds whenever it pulls out. Yeah. It's like it's the screeching tires, the revving engine. <laughs> and you can't... Maybe he's hearing it in his head. Yeah, he's daydreaming. He's a dreamer, just like Billy, I guess. He really is. 
But then you've got, like, Stripe and the Chainsaw also. Yeah, well, I love how he rides through there on the skateboard loaded with candy. Yeah. He's like, I got my candy, I got my skateboard, I'm out of here. And then he's on the tricycle later. Like, okay. Yes, he's on the tricycle. <laughs> like, and then, remember, he throws the buzz saws at Billy? Like, zoom. Holy shit, yeah, and then it's like, it shows, it shows Chainsaw Blades on sale. <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> The dad is coming back into town now. He missed everything. And really what's funny about all this is he's caused everything. by breathing, Oh, yeah. But he misses all of it. But I love the part when Stripe sees the gun and he's like, gun. But I think she gets the light on and he gets dragged across the floor by the chainsaw. Yeah. And then Which is, always, like, I always think that's a cool scene. When she turns the light on, she accidentally turns on the fountain. Right. And he's like, water. Oh, he goes, club, club. Club, club. Glug, glug. <laughs> so you're like, oh, it's all going to start again. We're going to have more insanity. He's got the gun. He's standing there. He has, He could have already jumped in and started creating more gremlins right away. But instead, he's waiting for Billy. And he goes, turns and he takes a shot at him like he's waiting to it's so creepy because the way uh stripe says billy is the way um my nephew xavier says my name <laughs> so he's billy he's waiting to gun billy down before he starts producing well, that's, he's multiplying. he's psychotic <laughs> I, he's like, I want you to see this. I, I still think, you know, it's really cool when uh, Barney comes in and Gizmo rides by him like, woo, honk, honk, or he honks at him or something. <laughs> Barney's then, like, what the hell? <laughs> and then he does that jump, and then he pulls the blinds. But I still think it's disgusting how Stripe looks being melted by the sunlight. It looks totally gross. It's, it, you know, I almost thought it was kind of an homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, kind of that weird, like, uh, that... <laughs> yeah, because it, it gets, like, that viscousy melting. Uh-huh. It, you almost feel bad for him. Like, man, that's got to really suck. That's a bad way to go. And They even do the second scare where he falls in the water and Billy goes over there and he comes out one more time. Yeah, his skeleton shoots out and then melts and bubbles. Yeah, they and do Barney that. And Barney looks at it like, what? The hell? Yeah, they do the weird bubble, and they do again that weird <laughs> weird cat moan sound. <laughs> you can't you can't help but think like if it's bubbling like that, is it still alive? Like yeah, can it can it reconstitute? And it's like the T one thousand or something. <laughs> Where did the gremlins come from? I don't know. And it does kind of melt. The other thing that kind of made me think is when it was melting was uh, the evil dead when, like, the deadite right. melts. It is a cool effect. The, yeah. That's one thing I did say about gremlins. 1984, I thought this movie had really awesome effects. In they it. put a shitload of work into like it. Animatronics. There's, like, one obvious matte painting, and it's at the end. As the Chinese guys walking away, but it's still it's yeah. cool looking. You but know, it's yeah, and they even like they made the lights blink on the homes yeah, and everything. There's something about matte paintings back then in the 80s. I thought they looked beautiful. They were awesome looking, you know. But there's a ton of work that went into them. Yeah, 
But when he It's an art form that's been lost in the digital age. When I watch that scene at the end where, you know, everything's back to normal and they've got Gizmo and the mom's thinking about giving him chicken soup. When the Chinese man comes back and, you know, he gives the dad a hard time because, like, he gives him his money back. When she says chicken soup, I'm like, oh, shit, is it after midnight? Is it water-based? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it water-based? Oh, my so God, to yeah. Keep making the same mistakes, damn it. And then he, you know, he's like, you're not ready. He wishes to say something to you, and he's like, yeah, it's so cute. But do you ever notice that scene? Billy never says a word. He just kind of stares dumbfounded, and he doesn't say goodbye or anything. I think he's still in shock. I think he is, because he's just kind of like staring ahead. And the one thing he says, he goes, Dad, because he doesn't want him to take Gizmo. and There's nothing mm-hmm. he can do about it. But I love that before he leaves, before you go. Before you go, I just I wanted to tell you that I am truly sorry for what's happened. And uh, if you would accept it, I'd like to give you this small token. This is the only one. There, there's one other one, but this is an invention of mine. Smokeless ashtray. How did you know that? Man at gas station tried to sell me. Latest word in technology. Very generous of you. I'm sure it will come in handy. Yeah, he already knows what it is because the gas station guy tried to sell it to him. <laughs> yeah, and I love that he takes it. He's like, thank you, and he takes it with him. It's much appreciated. And then as he's leaving, he goes, bye-bye, wolf-wolf. <laughs> yeah. To Barney. <laughs> There's a little thing while they're watching TV in the background, and uh, after the Chinese guy shows up, they're talking about the hysteria and the riot of Kensington Falls, and then... He's, they mentioned that it, the people saw little green men. Yeah, he goes, so it sounds like an alien invasion. He's like, get this. Conflicting eyewitness reports concerning little green men. When the Chinese guy first says something, I think he's going to say something about the gremlins, but he goes, You teach him to watch television. I yaw. <laughs> Like, that will rot your brain. But apparently, it says on IMDb, if you listen closely, that you hear something about the Futtermans on that same broadcast. Okay, I'm going to have like, to look. It's in the background as the scene is going on, but I definitely didn't notice, never noticed. Uh, Futtermans are dead. But uh, that sweet couple, I hope he gets into AA and everything gets better <laughs> for him. <laughs> damn, damn foreigners make him drink. But then the movie wraps up with, do you ever, like, when you see a movie and narration only happens at the beginning, when it returns at the end, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, wait, uh, what, what's this yeah. narration coming from? It's a little off-putting to be like, so that's my story. Well, that's the story. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, we just kind of watched it. Why are you telling me that? It's like, oh, I forgot you were the voice of the movie. You know, you were gone the whole time. You were non-existent. How do you know the story if you weren't there? (laughs) The dad was gone the whole time. He's repeating a story that was told to him. He does the ACs on the fritz or something. The dishwasher's not working. So if your air conditioner goes on the fritz or your washing machine blows up or your video recorder conks out... Before you call the repairman, turn on all the lights, check all the closets and cupboards, look under all the beds, because you never can tell. There just might be a gremlin in your house. So as a kid, when you see that, you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) Well, that's like, it's such a, a weird way to wrap it up, because you're like, 
Okay, so I have a gremlin in my house. My appliances not operating are not what concerns me. The fact that it probably wants to kill me. It wants to jump what... on my back and scratch me in the face and yeah. laugh and <laughs> put on outfits and stuff. <laughs> yes, it wants to be my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, wear lipstick. But I do love the the end credit music. It's more of that gremlins. That whole thing. And then if you that's, wait, is that Jerry Goldsmith? Yeah, that's a, that's a again another iconic score. Right. That the moment you hear, you know. Yeah, totally. All the movies that we've done so far all have great scores, great soundtracks. If you wait till the very end of the credits, Bill, I don't know. Do you ever do it? No. If you wait till the very end credits, you hear Gremlin laughing at the end, like <laughs> like at the very end, like a whole group of them laughing. <laughs> Uh uh-uh. kind of Like they waited till the end of the movie or something. And there, that was that, that was the, the crew was... that that got out of town while they could. Yeah, I always think like this, but what if one gremlin didn't go with them to the movies and hid out somewhere, or he got distracted somewhere else? You know. Well, what if the one of them doesn't like to drink and party? He's, yeah, he's more straight laced gremlin. Yeah, maybe it was the bluesy one. But it's a it's a fun movie. It is a fun movie, and it holds up. You know, it's it's. The look of it is somewhat dated, but that's because of the the cinematography of it. Right. It just and again, it, it because it looks like it was shot on a back lot. I do so, like the something about those winter settings, the snow everywhere. Yeah. You know the Christmas decorations. It's a Christmas time movie, which is funny, but it's so dark. It yeah, really it is, is a dark movie. But also, like snow doesn't collapse in on itself. <laughs> yeah. It, it leaves a footprint and. There's certain moments with the snow where it's like, well, that doesn't really happen with snow. That's why it didn't affect the gremlins and they didn't multiply. Because it wasn't real snow. (laughs) It's fake snow. It's fake snow. It's like soap flakes or something. Yeah, it's soap flakes. It's ivory soap flakes. I was thinking about like when Emma will be old enough to watch this and it's going to be a while. It's it's going to be dark. I still think it's a little dark for her to watch. I think like maybe like 12... Yeah, much older, much more mature. I think the PG thirteen applies. Yeah, totally. Because even at even at that age, you're still going to be a little disturbed by it. When I watched it, I remember parts of it being scary, but I was into it. Like I got into that it being scary. I kind of enjoyed how it made me kind of scared, but also thrilled me at the same time and made me laugh. It's almost you know like the whole bar sequence. If you go back to that. It's nervous laughter, a lot of it, as yeah. you're laughing at them. You're kind of laughing at them, but you're also like, <laughs> this is kind of creepy, too. <laughs> yeah, it's very disarming. Because uh, Kate is, like, being held captive, and she's frightened for her life. And Yeah, I always wondered why she was still there. Yeah, like, why? how did it... The only thing I think is they bum-rushed inside, and she was trapped there, you know? And started serving them Well, there, there was a crook with a, um, a ski mask <laughs> yeah. and a gun if she yeah. did try to get out. That is true. I think this is definitely after this, you're thinking, what is Joe Dante going to do next? And you're excited about it. And honestly, he did one of my favorite movies after this that I still love and love to watch. And that is what, Bill? I don't know. The Burbs? He did (laughs) Explorers next. On July 12th, Paramount Pictures presents a new film from the director of Gremlins. Explorers.
the adventure begins in your own backyard. Explorers, rated PG. Starts Friday, July 12th at a theater near you. Holy shit, you're right. I thought it was before. I thought Explorers is what got him the job. No, wow. Uh, Explorers came out uh, in 1985, the following year. What got him the job is Steven Spielberg saw The Howling. Oh, wow. That Of all the movies to get him the job. Yeah. And remember what he first did was, I believe, the Twilight Zone segment. He did one of the coolest segments in uh, the Twilight Zone about the kid who can have whatever he wants. There was a lot of Warner Brothers cartoon stuff. I was that. all I was always freaked out by that part. I never really liked it as much. Well, I hate the little kid. He's such a little shit. Yeah. But I love so cool in that the live action uh, Tasmanian Devil part. Yeah. Where it's like I always thought that was so badass to see that like in live action that they did a really good job with it. But I still think George Miller's is the best segment in that. Oh, God, yeah. But, yeah, Joe Dante, he he did a great job of Gremlins. It was a lot of fun. It's a strange movie. It's like, it's when you analyze it, before the Gremlins happen, everyone's miserable already, <laughs> you know? It's only They're driven the work. town further into depression. Billy's kind of, he's kind of the hero, and I guess Gizmo's the hero, but Billy kind he's of... He's also the villain. Billy kind of meanders through the movie, too, like, unsure of what's going on in a well, way. Well, if he was more responsible, it would, never would have happened. Right. I mean, he does spring to action when he needs to. He he risks his life to go to the boiler room and let True. the gas loose to blow them all up and stuff, but uh, True. still, I'm not sure that... Like, after the movie's over, you don't think, well, he's going to have a great life now. You don't think that at all when the movie's No, over. hell no. You're like, well, they're still unemployed. and actually, How's this town going to rebuild itself? I guess you got to open a noodle factory. It's like, wait, is Billy out of a job now, too? His boss is dead, and the bank is in shambles, and the town is pretty much ruined. They're well, screwed. you don't know if the boss is dead in the theatrical cut. Right, that's true. Yeah, He could be a home... In fact, I even thought that. Like, Judge Reinhold and... The boss, they're off at home and they're fine. They probably yeah, don't even. They live. probably don't even live in that town. They live in the rich area of town. Yeah. Judge Reinhold, remember what he said? Come on, we're talking cable. <laughs> you seen my new place yet? I haven't seen your old place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, guys, that was Gremlins. Thank you for revisiting the classic with us, the 1984 classic, Bill. Lots of awesome video games at that time, I'm sure. Oh God, yeah, Atari. They do reference at least one video game in the movie, and that's uh, Miss Pac-Man, right? I think Nintendo came out in 85. Is there, is there any arcade games in the background? I can't remember. Like at no. The bar, at the bar or something. No, it's, there isn't. It's bought at the Burger King. I didn't see any Pepsi logos like I did in the Goonies, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun to spot that out, who had the little tie-in with the movie, you know? Now you can get a sheet of Gremlin stickers by mailing 12 high C drink box labels or 6 high C 46 ounce can labels to Box 4700, Monticello, Minnesota. Offer ends October 15th. You're gonna love high C. Are you hungry? Hungry as a gremlin? Here's gremlin cereal. Gremlins, gremlins, bite after bite. What 
tasty way to satisfy a gremlin appetite. Gremlins is a deliciously sweet, crunchy cereal that satisfies the hungry little gremlin. That's in all of us. Gremlins, gremlins, bite after bite. What a tasty way to satisfy a gremlin appetite. Gremlins cereal is part of this complete breakfast. Gremlin, yum, yum. There were two arcade games in the Goonies, but... Uh, we didn't get to see really what they were very close up. Kind of just generic in the background. Yeah. Well, guys, Bill, it was great. Yes, it was. And I can't wait to do another 80s classic. So you guys tune in and find out what it is. And uh, after you listen to this, if you want to talk about it, post about it on Facebook or our forum. And uh, it'd be cool to get more dialogue to go with this. And yeah, I would. Like I was saying, Bill, it would also be cool, like anybody who hasn't seen Gremlins, that they watch it because they want to listen to this. So be, yeah, and let us know. It'd be cool to get the fresh perspective, because one thing that dates movies like this is effects. And we don't get effects like this anymore. Right. All animatronic, all puppets, and they... This, it, if this was made now, it would be a CGI mess. Oh, it would. And there's even one part that is so awkward looking, but I love it, and it's the stop-motion animation of all of the gremlins when they first come out of the YMCA. <laughs> yeah. Walking down the street. It's so awkward-looking. Well, it's like the matte painting and then combined with the stop-motion. Yeah, but I love it. It's just got character to it, you know? And that's it. I guess that's all. Yep, that's it. I think we're done. All right, everybody. We'll see you on the next movie. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. And don't feed them after midnight. <laughs> don't get them wet. Gremlins is a sort of a gremlin and his boy story. It's a picture about something that probably could never happen in real life, but uh, we kind of wish parts of this movie would happen to us, and other parts of this movie we uh, hope will never happen to us. And uh, it certainly is not a horror film. It's also not a spoof on a genre. It's one of the most original things I've come across in many years, which is why I bought it and gave it to Joe to make into a movie.